Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. We're going to get right into the Word this morning, and uh, thank you for coming out and bearing the heat this morning. If you have to shut your uh, windows and put the radio station on, that's fine. Uh, we'll, uh, we know you're with us. So, Father, we thank you for your Word today, God. We thank you that it changes our lives, it transforms us. Lord, we ask that we would uh, never be the same uh, as we sit under your Word today. And all God's people said, Amen. Again, we want to welcome you if you're on the live stream with us today. It's great that you're with us listening. Hope this message touches your heart. Uh, we're on a 13-week series, um, and it's called um, Winning the War Within. I almost forgot there for a second. Winning the War Within. And it's really about spiritual warfare and understanding how to win the war and how to renew your mind and understand when the enemy is coming against you. And uh, I want to start this morning. My wife and I are going to share this message. It's called Rooted in Love, and then she's going to talk about defeating unloving. So this is just a little sample or a taste of a teaching that we do during the Highway to Wholeness, which our hope is, is to run one in September for those of you who want to go a little deeper. And so if you have your Bibles or on your phone, you can go to your Bible app. You can bring up 1 John chapter 4, verse 17 and 18. And it says, And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. It's important to understand that our love is growing. Our revelation of God is growing. We have to come to this conclusion that we are pilgrims in progress, that we are growing and our love for God is becoming more perfect. And so we will not be afraid on the day of judgment, but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in the world. And it says in verse 18, such love has no fear. Say no fear. Okay? Because perfect love expels all fear, say all fear, and if we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows us that we have not fully experienced His perfect love. And so I want to say this to you today, if you've not experienced God's perfect love, don't be hard on yourself, but get excited, that means there's more to come. See, this is an exciting moment, I get to experience something, there's something coming, that I get to experience. And so we talk about having no fear. We're not talking about a cocky type of fear. How many know we can be, I don't have any fear, cocky, right? And I remember as a 16-year-old, when I was 17 years old, I bought my first sports car, or some of you would call it a sporty car. Because uh, anyway, it was a nice white car. And I was in Florida, and I bought this big pink sticker. It went across the whole back of my windshield. So I had a white sporty car, dark tinted windows and I had in pink fluorescent letters, no fear across the back. Now, little did I know that I would become a magnet for every police officer that I drove past. And no matter where I was, I was getting pulled over. If I was doing one kilometer over, I'd get pulled over and they would say, hey, no fear, eh? And they would, and they would show me who they were, right? Get a ticket, I got in trouble all the time. Um, so we're not talking about that cocky type of I don't have any fear, but we're talking about a perfect peace that God brings, okay? And you need to understand this, is that Jesus is coming back for a bride, and I want to say this, if you are a bride, or a future bride, and you're engaged to someone, and you're afraid of your fiancé, you probably shouldn't get married. you got to settle the fear factor. Like, a, if you're afraid to be alone with somebody, 
you probably shouldn't marry them. Right? Amen? Ladies? And uh, it's like that. Jesus is coming back. We're not to be fearful of Jesus. We reverence God. We have a, a reverential fear of God. But we it, it's a love relationship. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, we have this, Jesus is in love with his bride. All right? And then in 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, it says, For we know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love, because God is love. Okay? And all those who live in love live in God and God in them. So I want to make this note, first of all. It doesn't say that love is God. How many know that some people think that love is God, right? You've got to love everybody. You've got to treat everybody. It's all about feelings, right? It, love is not God. God is love. And there's a big difference. And so we serve a God who is love. And... Love is not just a feeling like the world thinks. It's an action. When you truly love someone, you lay down your life for that person. And so before we go any further, I want to go into a scripture here. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 to 9, Glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge. Now, we're to be rooted in what? In love. And you know what? If you guys ever did a study on the redwood trees, these trees that can grow up to 350 feet high in these forests, they don't have deep root systems. What they do is they grow beside each other. Their roots go down shallow, but then they interlock with the other roots. And I want to say this, is that when we're rooted in the love of God, we interlock our roots. And just like the redwood trees, we begin to draw nourishment and nutrient and support from one another. Can I hear an amen? Right? And, and so the thing is, theology is good, but you can't be rooted in theology. You can't be rooted in your good works. You can't be rooted in your denomination. You can't be rooted in what you do for God. You need to be rooted in the love of God. And that's what the challenge is for us. And Paul says, I pray that your eyes would be open, that you'd be able to see that you're loved. Now, I'm going to let my wife speak in just a second here. But in Luke chapter 15, we read this amazing story. And Jesus says, there's a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. And I want you to understand something. This popped out at me. He divided his estate between the two sons at that moment. So the one son left. And he went out and he spent all his money on wild living. And there was a drought in the land and all of his money was gone. And he found himself working as a Jewish boy in a pig pen feeding pigs. And then the Bible says he came and it says here, he says, he got to a place where he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I'm, I'm starving to death, he says. 
I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven, I've sinned against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of the hired servants. And he went to his father. But while he was a long way off, say a long way off. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servants, Quick, bring the best robes, put it on him. Put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet. Bring the fat calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and let's celebrate, for my son was dead, and now he's alive. And so some of you have heard that story before. But then let's take a look at the second son, what happened with the second son. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. He came to the house. He heard the music and the dancing. He called out to his servants and asked them, What's going on? Your brother has come home, he said. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he, he's back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So the father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and, you, and never disobeyed your orders. See, the older son was rooted in his works as a servant. He wasn't rooted in the love of the Father. He said, all these years I've been slaving. I've never disobeyed your orders. I've worked with the other servants. Yet you never gave me anything. I'm jealous, Father. But when the son, this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you killed the fattened calf for him. The, old, the older son wasn't even willing to accept that it was his brother. He said, your son. How, how many have ever done that? That's your son. <laughs> when you're upset, right? But the father said, you're always with yours. But we have to celebrate it. We have to celebrate and be glad because your, your brother was yours. Of yours was dead. See, the, the father makes it about relationship again. Your brother. He's alive. He was lost. And now he's found. And so we need to have our identity in the Father's love, not in our service to him. That's what God wants from us. And there's two times in Scripture here where we hear the and on the mountain and he turns white. And the two prophets show up beside him. And a voice from heaven comes and says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. And it's so important because it's important that just as Jesus had the Father's affirmation of his love, we need to have God's affirmation. How many would say amen to that? Every single one of us have to hear the God's, it might not be audible, but you have to hear it in your heart saying, you are my beloved daughter, you are my beloved son. And many people have never heard the words from their earthly father, I love you. And when we did this research, we found that 95% of people never heard their earthly father say the words, I love you. Now, your earthly father, I'm sure, loved you, but maybe he showed it different ways, but you've never heard the words, I love you. Big percentage of people. And if you've never heard those words, there is a void in your heart that you've never heard those words. I'm just, just a show of hands in the cars here. Nobody else can see, but I can see you guys. How many 
Never heard your father say, earthly father say, I love you. Just lift your hands up here. I can say, I'm seeing like more than half the hands in the cars going up. See, because the devil, you know, our, our fathers loved us, but it, it wasn't a priority to tell us. But God wants us to hear it from his heart that he does love us. And we need that affirmation. Because many times our image of our dads gets projected on God the Father. It's a subconscious thing that happens. All right? And if this void is here in our life, you're opened up for an attack from an unloving spirit that comes to talk to you. So we're talking about all these spirits, and sometimes we might think of these things. Oh, can you hear me? Wave if you can hear me. <laughs> I, my, voice, my voice might not be as loud as Travis's, so I'll try and speak a little louder. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we might think sometimes when we describe these things that we're doing over the next few weeks here, that it might be like a, a state of being, but it's actually not. It's beings in state. So what we're going to do is we're going to be learning more about spirit world realities and learning about these spirits and the different things that we can be affected by. And you might, I, I don't want you to get stuck in a religious mindset where you think, you know, like maybe there's different doctrines. We all have different doctrines, different things, different ways of looking at things. But um, Henry Wright, when he was describing these things, he said, he described it really good, I thought. He said, whether you hear these voices on the inside of you, on the outside of you, or even on Mars with a megaphone, you are listening. And I think it's important that we have to remember that we can be affected in different ways. So let's not get caught up in different doctrines or stuff like that when we talk about these things. But anyway, so what we're going to talk about, like Travis said today, is the unloving spirit. And as we know, God is love. So unloving is an antichrist spirit because it defies the very nature of God, because he is love. And, you know, he gave the great commandment. He said, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. And this is the first commandment. But, you know, Jesus didn't stop there. He said, and after that, there's a second commandment. That's just important. He said, you should love your neighbor as yourself. So he was talking about three different levels. And it kind of brings like, the, the gospel comes in all three different levels. Like we are supposed to love God, and we're supposed to love ourselves, and we're supposed to love others. So God is all about reconciliation and restoration. You know, the enemy came in with sin and tempted, and th that's where there was a breach in all those three different levels. Our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, and our re relationship with others. So that's where the enemy comes in, and that's where also the spirits operate on those three levels. I want you to remember that. And the same thing with the unloving. He tries to separate us from God, and he tries to separate you from you. It might sound weird, but it's actually so true. We start breaking these things down, and he, starts to, he tries to separate you from others. That's pretty obvious. We can see these, especially these days. There's so many different, so much strain and pressure on relationships, so much accusation flying, and that's something that the enemy talks about in the last days, too, that there's going to be... Uh, or God was talking about that there's going to be a lot of accusation. So we want to make sure we don't join into that. So next to God, you actually ought to be your own best friend. I don't know if that sounds like a strange concept to you. And it doesn't mean that we're supposed to be stuck on ourselves, but it means that we're supposed to be able to be comfortable with ourselves and love ourselves. And, you know, it's funny. If you start observing both how you speak and how other people speak, many times we will say a lot of degrading things about ourselves. And we're, it's almost like we find a pet comfort in that, where it's easy to put ourselves down. We should stop doing that and try and catch each other when we do that and speak love over both ourselves and others. So uh, there's a loving spirit. We're gonna 
kind of describe how, how so I didn't like that. But it came to a place where now I'm comfortable with it. I have a husband who loves me tall, and it's cool. <laughs> but you know, those kind of things can also be like an unloving spirit on different levels. You might not be comfortable with how you look and how God created you, even though he said he created you fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what he said, so we have to believe that. Um, so, day in a world where you never measure up. And you always kind of try and, it likes to compare to others and things like this. And you, you may be convinced that other people hate you. I think we've all fallen for that sometime. You look at somebody, maybe they had gas. Maybe they had, you know, eaten something wrong and they were just not smiling. Maybe they're tired, they're thinking about something different. And they don't smile at you and you think, oh, they must hate me. They don't like me. But that can be a sign of an unloving spirit at work. So the Bible says, feel that or believe that. And there might also be others who don't believe that. <clears throat> and that's okay, because it says, let every man be a liar and let God be true. You know, so even if not everybody else approve of you, that's okay. Don't let that tip you into an unloving spirit mindset. So... Today, we can also, what we're learning in the High of the Wholeness is we're going to go through all these things and learn how to take back our identity and, and walk in freedom and live in freedom. And one thing, I had a friend, a dear friend who one time said, I want to have deeper Bible study. And I felt the Holy Spirit respond and said, no, what we need, we need is simple truth going deeper into our hearts. So what we're going to share is nothing but the truth of the Word of God. And it might sound so simple, but it, sometimes it's so simple that we almost forget to to really you know ask God for revelation of it it's like something that needs to go deeper into our hearts that it's something it's our second nature it's not something we have to think about but it's like oh I know that I'm loved so an unloving spirit many times hangs around you because it started like right in your family many times it comes from like a rejection in your family and um it's, uh, it can be a generational thing. It can be something that's passed down a mindset, like something that has been plaguing your family trees from before too. And one thing that can be an open door for creating a loving spirit is when those who are supposed to love and nurture and protect you were not able to. When they didn't, maybe there was a rejection or some trauma going on there. And I'm really sorry if that happened to you. I've had some of that myself too, but God is faithful and he can heal you and take you out of that. And, um, you know, and another thing too is if you're not proper, properly released by those in authority, you know, there's, um, there's a Bible where it talks even about um, that therefore a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So when you are of age of spiritual maturity, you are created to fly on your own and become responsible spiritually for your own life. It doesn't mean we're thankful for what our parents have done, taught us, and if they taught us good things. If not, God can help you and you can get spiritual mentors that can teach you good things too. But there's, it's a very important principle that as a parent, can when I your child that, is of age... I sure. I, I think too, that's a good point. I think if, if parents do not release their children to be adults and make their own decisions, and keep coming and interrupting and saying, you should do this, or you should do that, or you should be with him, or whatever. Then what you do is that actually makes the other person feel not respected, and they don't. They, and an unloving spirit can come in, right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Because you feel like, you know, you can't, they don't trust you, right? So it's a form of rejection, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, even God, who created us, and who is our Father, He didn't control us, and He didn't demand that we love Him. 
He gave us a free choice, and sometimes I wish he didn't in some ways. I mean, of course it is good, but sometimes it causes so much pain and problems because we don't always choose the right thing. It's the same with children. You might have adult children and they might not always choose the wisest thing, but that's where you have prayer. But if you can learn the principle of releasing and loving and, give, and letting them have that free choice, there's power in that. There's true love in that. There's something we have to learn, you know? And I think that many times you will have a much better relationship when you can do that. So, just a little thing that I wanted to put in there. Um, yeah, and God can also keep you from those that will rise up against you. So, you know, if there's breaches in relationships and people are, you know, you're being tormented and stuff, boundaries can be important, but at the same time, God also wants to restore relationships. And I think that's why we want to talk about these things, because we believe that it can really enhance and enrich the relationships between each other. We're going to dispute those little lies at operation. And um, so the Bible says in Hebrew 13, 6, So we can say with confidence, The Lord is my helper, so I will have no fear. What can a man do to me? You know, there's a scripture where it says that uh, uh, the, fear of, the fear of man brings a trap and a snare, but the fear of the Lord brings safety. So it actually, when you go deeper into it, it, you can almost see that when we look to each other, it's not just being afraid of each other, but it's putting our expectations on each other. When we look to each other, we're going to be trapped and snared somehow, or we're putting our expectation on another being. Even if you put it on yourself, you're going to let yourself down on that you know it's like the perfectionism and the drivenness where you you have a standard on yourself and you don't measure up and then that can be another th reason for unloving spirits to come in but when you put your trust in God there's safety there and that it's only in God that you will find that true safety out of that we can have healthy relationships with one another another way that unloving comes and operates is by isolation if you've been hurt or if you've had a trauma or something you're going to be tempted because God's perfect love casts out all fear. You probably, if you're a Christian, or if you're a new Christian, or if you're not a Christian, you, I don't know if you've heard the word breakthrough. We talk about breakthrough. And the way I see that is the Bible talks about that we should separate the precious from the vile in our hearts. So we all have precious things in our lives, things that God has put in there, things that he wants to draw out, and giftings and talents, and he wants to flourish things in and through you. But then there's also vile things. Um, sins and iniquities that have been passed down that we are we have a sinful nature in this world things that are not pleasing to God and that can cause separation between us and God us and ourselves and us and others and when we can ask God and work with co um, cooperate with him when he's trying to help us and point his gentle fingers on the areas that the vile things in our hearts and lives that we have to separate when we can uh, cooperate with him and have those things repent for those things that's when breakthrough comes because then the precious things can come forth in a whole different way. Yes, it's worth saying amen to, isn't it? So James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Here's another thing. So you, you and I still have issues. We're always going to learn. None of us are fully arrived until we see Jesus Christ on the day he comes back. But he said, he who started a good work in you and me will fulfill it till the day he comes back. So you're going to have some issues, and be gentle on yourself as you're learning. Don't be so hard on yourself. You know, we say these things, I'm so stupid, I did it again, or I did whatever, you know, that I didn't want to do. But be gentle on yourself as you're learning, just like you would be, hopefully, to your friend. You know, try and be more like that to yourself, too. And even God, so the unloving, 
when we're agreeing with the unloving spirit, it's harder to receive God's correction. Because how many knows, as a parent, you're going to need to correct your children at times. And it's the same with our loving father. He needs to correct us sometimes. But you know, when you're um, agreeing with this unloving spirit, it's going to be harder for you and I to receive that correction and that instruction because we're going to take it as rejection and unloving. So it's very important for that sake too, for our growth, our spiritual maturity, that we separate and part and repent from the unloving ways. Okay, I've been told to hurry up a little bit because we only have so much time. Okay, so even in your rebellion, remember that God still loves you. He's not pleased with that action, but he loves you. You always will, even if you rebel. So don't let the devil tell you anything different. Um, we got to choose today. We can get rid of this stuff so we can choose to stop criticizing ourselves and, and also go into fellowship with others, even if you have to push yourself a little bit and take some steps. If you've gotten comfortable with isolation and loneliness, push yourself a little bit. Take some steps. Call a friend. You know, send a little message. Get together. Come out when we have church. Do things like that because it will help you to conquer unloving. And also, if you feel weak, that's okay because God says that in, in our weakness, He is strong. That's where His strength is made perfect, in our weakness. So, uh, there's, we're not going to talk a lot about that right now, but out of a loving spirit can come a lot of sicknesses too. Autoimmune diseases, for example, comes out of unloving spirits many times. Sometimes cancers and diabetes and different things too. Addictions. The, the two root causes that we've learned about addictions comes out of unloving spirit and also occultism because you look to something else. We're going to talk about that another time than God. So as we're learning to conquer this, we can start to see help come forth, not just in our emotional and our spiritual areas, but even physically. There's things that can have a hold through these spirits in our, in our bodies, even physically. So how... Oh, another thing too. The unloving spirit can cause... Uh, it causes conflict of the soul, so there's an extreme pain that can come out of that. And if you've ever heard about like psychosogenic pains, where doctors actually have no explanation, I believe that many of those are coming out of unloving spirits. There's no real uh, explanation other than that it's a spirit that's causing that physical pain. And so how do we defeat the pain of the unloving spirit? So um, you can defeat it by deciding that you are important. You have to settle that today. I am important and I belong. You belong here because that's another thing that the devil likes to say. You don't belong here. Everybody else is different. Look at them. Look at you. You, you stand out in a bad way. A so yeah, that's a pretty big lie. it's a big, pretty big lie, but I think we've all fall, fallen for it in one way, one, or, one way or another at times. So just decide that you belong here today and you're important and you're uniquely different. You're uniquely created. You're uniquely necessary. You know, one funny, God has a sense of humor. For me personally, one time when, I, I told you that I didn't like being tall when I was young. But one time I had an encouragement spoken forth through somebody else from God, where he said, you say, you know, you're tall and you don't like it, but he says, I, I created you tall so you can have, oh, he has a special plan in and through you. So we have to learn to embrace that. And laugh, learn to laugh at ourselves sometimes. It's not always easy, but sometimes we can find real freedom in that. So stand against the victimization, you know, where other people, another thing, just one more thing, and then I'm going to hand it over to the ending here. Um, another thing that I find too, and especially as women, because we're, we're talked about as the weaker vessel, so we are created to be nurtured and loved and protected and covered in a different way. God has given the men, fathers and husbands a different 
uh, a bit of a stronger responsibility to cover us and children. And when that doesn't happen, again, we said that that can open up for our loving spirits. But I think also being that weaker vessel, we can learn to separate that person from God and say that when they were not able to do that, it wasn't actually God. Because I don't know about you, but there's time, been times where, let's say Travis was mad at me or something. It can be tempting for me to think that God is mad at me too. But it, it's not, that's not the way it is. So to learn to separate, you know, that just because your father or your, maybe your father rejected you or abandoned you, that doesn't mean God's going to do that to you. But to learn to separate your good, good heavenly father from those people that were not able to do that, that's really important too. Okay. Amen. Thank you, Camilla. Didn't she do great? Okay. okay. Listen, I want to pray over you guys. I think it's important. All those of you who lifted up your hands, just bow your hearts with me, I want to pray a blessing over you. And I just want to stand in the gap for you. If you're watching online and say, you know, I don't, I don't remember being told that I'm loved. I want to speak this over you. So on behalf of uh, the father that did not, could not, would not, or maybe didn't know how to tell you that he loved you, I, your brother in Christ, will take responsibility for your heart this day. On behalf of the father, will you forgive me for not telling you that I love you? I'm so sorry for the silence and the junk that would have injured you and confused you and left you stranded and afraid on the inside when you needed him so much. So in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I release you from this fear and this confusion and this pain. This day you're going to hear these words for your heart. I love you. I'm so glad you were born. I'm proud of you. And here online and here in person, who struggle with self-bitterness, with self-unforgiveness, self-resentment, self-retaliation, self-anger, self-affliction, Father, perfectionism, addictions, all of these things, God. I pray, Father, right now that you would help us to recognize these things in our lives. And we ask you to forgive us for listening to those thoughts because your word says we're the apple of your eye. And you love us unconditionally. That while we were yet sinners, you died for us. So we ask you to forgive us for listening to those thoughts. And we ask in the name of Jesus those strongholds we pull down and cast out of us in the name of Jesus Christ right now. And all God's people said, Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.